Welcome to Coffee House. We have Operation Husky. Now, it sounds like something that they would do at like a fat kid camp, but no, it is the code name given to the invasion of Sicily in July of 1943. This was the, perhaps, the only just war that everybody can agree on. The Germans had conquered most of Europe, and the D-Day invasion of Normandy was still a year off. The Allies were struggling to get supplies through the Mediterranean sea lanes, because some 200,000 Italians, buttressed by 60,000 German troops and personnel, had a strong grip on the island of Sicily, which is, of course, smack dab in the Mediterranean Sea. Now, from the beginning, not everybody was on board with the invasion. Africa had recently gone well, the northern theater of Africa, which was quite, kind of squeezing the Italians, and the Germans were worried about that flank and the flagging enthusiasm of the Italians at the time. But at the Casablanca conference in January of 1943, it was the British who were urging the Allies to invade Sicily. What the British wanted to do was to distract the Germans, to make the Germans pull troops from other theaters to have to further support Sicily on their southern front so that the Allies could return to the north and have a more successful campaign there. The Americans <laughs> called it irrelevant <laughs> and said that it was opportunistic, but they were eventually won over by the argument that it would open these sea lanes in the Mediterranean. So having, having the ability to shuttle supplies through this area was something that appealed to the Americans at this point. Now, at this conference, it was General Dwight D. Eisenhower. People probably should have heard of him by now. He was appointed as the commander-in-chief of the forces in this area. And then it was a Brit, I don't know his name, who was appointed as, like, second-in-command, who had more direct control over what was going on. And the reason, they needed a lot of coordination, because they were doing uh, an airborne operation as well as an amphibious assault, and then a land campaign after that, were all planned at the same time. So at General Eisenhower's disposal, you had American troops and British troops, and then these two Canadian geese were also contributing to the attack. Now, when we get to the actual battle, the Americans and the British were carried in by air just after midnight on the on July 9th, July 9th into the 10th, and there was a problem. Uh, there were these strong 45 mile per hour winds that ended up scattering the Americans widely over the entire south and eastern area of Sicily. Even by July 14th, only about two-thirds had managed to concentrate from these troops. The Brits didn't do much better. They only had 12 of the 147 gliders land on target, 69 crashed into the sea, and some, like, 200 people drowned. So what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? You're scattered all over Sicily in a foreign land with foreign troops, and what happened was a lot of the scattered soldiers attacked random patrols and tried to create confusion over where the attack was actually happening. So imagine that. Imagine just having been dumped somewhere in Italy, in Sicily, and having to figure out what to do. <laughs> so you start attacking these random patrols, and imagine being on the other side. The defense now is trying to figure out Okay, how'd they end up over here? <laughs> Where are they coming from? And one thing that you'll see with this is that the whole 45 mile per hour winds and the scattering ha was kind of a mixed blessing. So the amphibious assault struggled too, but many on the defensive side of the Germans and the Italians, they assumed that nobody would attack because the conditions were so bad, and it definitely threw some of the amphibious assault off, which was actually the largest assault of the war, the largest amphibious assault of the war by numbers. 
you had the Americans on the western beaches, you had the Brits and the two Canadian geese on the eastern beaches. And initially, many of the defenders actually repelled many of the attacks, but some of the landings, because of the weather, were off by like six hours. So six extra hours they needed to get to where they were supposed to be. But there were these massive ships off the coast of Sicily who were just battering the defenses, the landed defenses, over a long period of time. But by the evening of July 10th, the Allies were established ashore, and there wasn't much fighting after that. There was some resistance. There was there were there were casualties, and the the Germans and the Italians, as they moved, would destroy roads to make it more difficult for the Allies. But there wasn't all that much of resistance put up at this point, and ultimately the Germans decided before the Italians that they were just going to evacuate. So some 62,000 Italians were evacuated and 52,000 Germans, and the evacuation actually went really well. They had these anti-air cannons and the all sorts of air forces that were in the area who staved off attacks, so they successfully were able to evacuate a lot of personnel and equipment. Now, the ultimate casualties, you had the U.S. Army, and casualties don't mean deaths, of course, just people who weren't able to fight. After, as a result. But the U.S. Army had 8,700 casualties. The British had 11,800. The U.S. Navy had 1,000. The Royal Navy had 700. The U.S. Air Force had 150. The Canadians had one goose. Yeah, one went down. Sad to hear. The Germans had 20,000 27,000 casualties, depending on the source that you look at. And the Italians had 147,000 casualties. And these are including people who were taken prisoner as well. But this invasion of Sicily would ultimately contribute to the fall of Mussolini and the end of his 21-year fascist rule. And one of the things that you see at the time, there were these dual plots that were enacted against Mussolini around this time. It was all you know, spring and summer of 1943, where the Germans were being becoming suspicious of the Italians for not being committed to the war effort. The Italians were telling the Germans that they wanted the Germans to negotiate a peace with the Russians so the Germans could focus on the Italian theater and make sure that they were taken care of. And to add to that, Mussolini was physically, he was having a lot of problems. So you had the Italian people who were growing weary of the whole situation. And once Sicily was invaded, they finally thought, you know, mainland Italians were thinking that, okay, this is it. And then we had a vote of no confidence, just like in Star Wars. <laughs> we had a vote of no confidence in the Mussolini, who had replaced, like, uh, all of his cabinet. He had replaced a whole bunch of, in, like, February of 1943, he replaced everybody and to try to shore up confidence in the government. And ultimately, it was, it was around this time, you know, like, June, July, they were having a lot of problems. And there was a vote of no confidence, and Mussolini's reign was over. And then it was just the Germans, whoever's left, left amongst the Axis powers. To, to finish this whole thing off. So, on this Memorial Day, I thought that it would be good. Why not just kind of return to remember some of the people who went down. This isn't obviously the invasion of Normandy. This isn't the Battle of the Bulge or other well-known military operations during the Just War. But uh, this was kind of an interesting turn and something that people don't talk about as much. And, you know, the United States lost thousands of people as part of this effort. And... It's weird to think that at this point, obviously, I know this isn't a traditional episode where we talk about a book and then go into my other stuff, but this is kind of the shift where we analyze this. Uh, you wonder if people would have the same heart or be as motivated to defend their country or do what's right at the risk of their lives. You wonder how many people would be motivated in the same ways. You know, it was something, there was something about at this time, you ha you know, you have to be the, the tough one, the strong one, the stoic one who's going to stand in the face of danger and protect people who 
who can't protect themselves, and you wonder if that ethic just doesn't exist anymore. Of course, for some it does, and those are the people who would stand up in this kind of a situation, and at some point we're going to have to face this kind of thing again. And I certainly, I'm optimistic that there will be a return, it's just that we haven't had the kind of enemy that we needed to galvanize those kinds of ideas. We haven't had that for a long time, so if we had that again, it would return. It's, it's dormant, it's something that is there and will always be there when it comes to humans and humanity. It's something that has always appealed to us and always will, until our species is shuffled off or turn into something else. So I think if something happened like this, then we would step up to the plate. I don't know if it'll be enough of us quick enough, but a lot of us will step up. But it's amazing. It's amazing just the cultural difference, the complete cultural transformation that it was pre-1960s and post-1960s, maybe even pre-2016 versus post-2016. But of course, uh, a lot of these seeds were sown for decades, and people let them slide because they thought that it wouldn't go too far. You know, I'll just let them play with their little cultural games, but we'll be fine. But we've arrived now, so anyway. The invasion of Sicily and the fall of Mussolini, it's all interesting stuff. So hopefully, hopefully you take some time on this, the last Monday of May, Memorial Day, to remember some things. And hopefully we redouble our efforts to make sure that we're protecting those things that actually do mean something that are important. And I'm going to go to the gym for the first time. <laughs> the gyms in the area are not requiring uh, face masks, so I'm going to be able to breathe freely. And it'll be the first time that I do that since this all began. I I'm wondering if it'll be something special to not be a muzzled American anymore at least in that context. So anyway, I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a good week if I don't talk to you soon. And I will see you on the next one. All right, bye.